Even with mountains of evidence from research juggernauts like Boston Consulting Group and McKinsey and Company, which continually prove that companies with diverse leadership teams have more and better innovation, plus significantly better financial performance, most U.S. businesses are still lagging on the diversity front. When I've asked my CEO clients what's in the way, I get the same response. We can't find qualified, diverse candidates. Winning on the diversity front, even when it seems impossible, that's what we're talking about in today's podcast. Welcome to all. I'm Kelly McCauley, producer of the Director's Cut podcast for Corporate Directors Forum and president of McCauley & Company, where we help good leaders become great through high-impact executive coaching and results-driven leadership programs. Today, our esteemed guest is Christina DeBaca, CEO of Corporate Directors Forum, an organization whose mission is to help directors and those who support them build more effective boards through continuous education and peer networking. Chris, thank you for joining us today to talk about how in less than two years, you transformed the diversity of CDF's monthly panel guests, those who share their experiences on critical board topics like demystifying blockchain, leading innovation, cybersecurity vulnerabilities, embracing corporate social responsibility, and the reality plus pitfalls of artificial intelligence, just to name a few. It's a pleasure to be here, Kelly. Thank you so much for the invitation. Before we dive in, here are additional details about Christina DeBaca. Prior to being selected CEO of Corporate Directors Forum, Chris served as Director of Corporate Relations and Business Development for the Graduate School of Business at the University of San Diego. Her experience includes being Chief Governance Officer and Corporate Secretary for Valiant Pharmaceuticals International, an eight-plus billion publicly traded specialty pharmaceutical company. She's served on the boards of Just in Time for Foster Youth, one of my favorites, the Ronald McDonald House and Corporate Directors Forum in San Diego, California. Ms. DiBaca has a Bachelor of Business Studies degree from Dallas Baptist University and an MBA from the University of California, Irvine. So Chris, you know, me being a longtime member of CDF, what I've witnessed over the past two years are our panels and the CDF audience transformed from what's traditionally thought of as a board member stereotype to reflecting the communities and customers that our member companies serve. And you know, the diversity progress has been mostly gender, but to let our listeners know, this is a huge feat given women only represent 17.7% of board seats in public companies. But it's also been cultural. So as CEO of CDF, what inspired you to make a conscious effort to get more diversity on the CDF panels and at the event? Uh, well, I think it's, it's really been remarkable to observe it. I think that one of the things that we think about here is that we want the Corporate Directors Forum to be a place that's welcoming, that's inviting, that anyone who is in the business world in San Diego feels absolutely at home walking into any one of our meetings. And so for that, you want it to be um, a place where it's very comfortable to to be who you are and to uh, represent yourself, no matter what perspective, no matter what gender, uh, where you will be as 
I mentioned a little bit earlier, just welcomed and uh, and that you feel very much at home. So that was one of the things I think that we thought about early on. And we also want to make sure that we're staying relevant. I know that the way things have been in the past, many of those um, factors, if you will, are still significant and we still want to keep some of those. But the things that need to be changed, we can't uh, deny, we can't uh, put our heads in the sand and just feel that uh, things will continue in the same way day after day with no changes whatsoever because everything around us is changing and if we want to stay relevant, we have to be a part of that change as well. Uh, that I think were the, the key drivers and we love that there is truly a, a greater diversity as it relates to gender specifically, but we want to make sure that we're not keeping other types of diversity at bay. Diversity is many, many things in today's world, way beyond ethnicity and, and, and gender, and we want to make sure that we represent our business world, San Diego, and actually the corporate America, if you will. Well, when you talk about being welcoming and people feeling comfortable there, uh, how many people do you get at the meetings? I want to say a couple of hundred. Actually, yes, we are averaging about 200 people per, per meeting. And as, as far as registrations go, there's uh, usually a little bit of attrition, but sometimes we have 200 people actually in the audience. It'll, it'll, kind of fluctuate between 180 to 200. It's a, it's a sizable group. Yes. And as you've noticed, it, it has, it is the C-suite of uh, the business community here in San Diego, and it crosses all industries, which is also something that we really enjoy uh, being a part of. Well, because I do the podcast, you know, I make my way to the front of the room. I want to be front row so I'm not distracted and I can hear people really well, even though you mic the whole room. But I always get a giggle because you have to announce several times for people to come and sit down because the community, even though it is close to 200 and 200 at times, has built a very strong bond with each other because, as you say, you want this to be a place for peer learning, and that's what's happening before the meeting starts, and then you're practically kicking them out of the room, you know, half an hour <laughs> after it wraps. I mean, it says a lot about the the audience, our audience, the members, the panels you get, and how it inspires dialogue as well as connections between people. So, but, you know, bravo. I, I think you're right on point. Uh, <laughs> the reality is that the, the audience itself and the networking piece of it is always enjoyable. People actually start showing up before 7 a.m., which is when the doors open. We often have people waiting for us to open doors. Uh, even at 6.45, we, we find people that are already beginning to, to uh, arrive. And um, it's true. We just really enjoy the knowledge exchange. We enjoy the relationships. And um, yes, it's a lot of fun and fun to be a part of it and to listen to it. 
I do wish it would be faster to get people to their <laughs> seats when we're going to start breakfast. So I appreciate the fact that you are always quick to uh, to get to the front row. And, and so thank you for that, Kelly. But uh, it is fun. It's enjoyable. We, uh, we have a good time. And I think it also speaks to the quality and caliber of the panelists. It's not just the topics. People fly in from other cities to be with us and to be on our panels. And I can't tell you how many times I'll get a comment from one of the panelists. In fact, not too long ago from a panelist in, who came from Chicago saying, do you always get this size crowd? I was expecting about 20 people. Well, it's 10 times that. Uh, and it is fun. So uh, we, in, we work a little bit to make it happen, but we certainly enjoy it when when it is um, actually happening. So how did you lead CDF into transitioning from limited diversity to significant diversity at all CDF events? And was it difficult ever? I'm, uh, I'm hesitating because I know that there might have been a component of it that was challenging. You're starting you're starting to do something, the community, as I said at the beginning, you know, the, the, the community and society is starting to shift. And so uh, when you notice this and you want to catch up, you want to make sure that you're not um, doing things that are just going to complicate the whole thing and you're not going to get where you want to get. But I will tell you that once we knew that we really wanted to make a concerted effort to change the, our, our internal dynamics of, of how we saw the meetings, um, the, how we saw attendees at the meetings and, and so on, and we wanted to expand our horizons, if you will. I think that um, the, the first things were to make sure that our topics and our panelists also reflected those changes. So if you have panels that already reflects some diversity, it draws diversity. And that, uh, I think, was something that um, was successful. I, I think the, the team here did a great job in identifying the right types of individuals who would be able to make real contributions in a panel discussion. And of course, the audience was then drawn, drawn by that. Now, you speaking of panelists, have been able to find a balance of terrific, standout, expert speakers and panelists. I mean, we just had Andrew Shapiro from Lawndale Capital Management out of, uh, he's up in Mill Valley. In San Francisco. Mm -hmm. Yeah, legendary activist investor. He is going to be on our podcast in you know the next couple of months. And when he responded to my invitation, he said, wow, I can't believe how full that room is. But the bottom line is you get some major director, investor, um, and organizational people to speak to our room. So what would you say to CEOs and leaders who don't know how or where to find qualified, diverse talent? I think we are very lucky at the Corporate Directors Forum that we have a phenomenal programs committee. So I would say to anyone who's working to put together programs or events of this type, that you work with a group of people who also have a variety of different perspectives and backgrounds. 
that programs committee to me is golden. We we talk about what topics we will be presenting. We talk about who the right people might be. And of course, not everyone can make every uh, event that we that we ask. For example, if I ask a panelist if they can come and be a part of a panel in a month or two months or three months, you never know if they have travel plans, if they have other things that come up. But we, as a group, are able to identify a really strong and very expert, as you said, group of individuals. And then it's just a matter of reaching out and connecting with them and uh, finding where they are sometimes. Um, it, it takes a few cold calls, uh, <laughs> a lot of research, a lot of research. But if you're paying attention to your environment, which is something that, of course, we do here within the organization, but also our programs committee, each one of those individuals, you're paying attention to your environment and what's going on in the governance world, and you'll be able to identify the, the right people for your events. Really what you've been saying is, you know, having that vision, being able to not only speak it clearly to your internal team, but also you have a board, and then getting people to buy in and then be aligned with what you're looking to accomplish. That's what I'm hearing you say. Exactly, exactly. And, and alignment is really important, but because you are anxious to make sure you're getting diverse perspectives, it may take a while for a complete alignment. It's just a matter of discussing, talking the issues through, and making sure that you're keeping the balance that will draw the public to come and listen. Panelists love it when the room is full. And so if you're able to get the right balance of panelists and with the right topic, it's always a really outstanding result. And as you said, it, it promotes discussion not only before as part of that networking time before breakfast, but also afterward. And that's why people stay for as long as they do after an event. I'm thinking about the only panel that I can recall not having diversity on it in the last two years. Do you remember which one I'm talking about? Yes, and I remember <laughs> that we had to actually uh, make a statement about that because we felt it was it was not our way. And so it was all women, as you know, and um, and that was something that was actually uh, remarkable because we tried so hard to make sure that we could find a balance. It was just that the, the people we were trying to invite within the time frame weren't available. And so um, we had hoped that we would get a really balanced gender-wise uh, type of panel, and it was phenomenal because they all knew exactly what they needed to know. They were so expert in their fields that um, it was just fun and interesting that we actually had to make a comment about, well, <laughs> this is room. about diversity, about gender diversity, but it's not what you're going to find on your panel today. <laughs> so before we wrap up, tell us about the incredible Director of the Year Awards that's coming up next week. Ah, one of our must-attend events of San Diego. It actually has, it's in, um, it's, I, I think it's been more than maybe 
17 or 18 years or so that this has been happening. And I might be mistaken, it might be older than that, but the director of the year awards uh, dinner and event is always a sellout. It's held at the Hyatt in La Jolla here. And the people who are recognized are recognized for their work in the governance world. They are all directors that are well-known, well-regarded. They are awarded for uh, corporate governance itself, for enhancement of economic value. There's an emerging board leader category, companies in transition, and uh, governance uh, not-for-profit. And then we usually have a, a lifetime achievement and or a lifetime legacy award. So these are all really well-known people. And the best part of all of this is that we have so much fun doing it. It's not just an awards and a recognition dinner. It is a party. And um, hopefully you you will be there, Kelly, I think. So it's it's going to be a great event. It is an absolute blast. And, you know, you sit in the audience going, wow, these people are remarkable in all that they've accomplished. But also I want you to talk about my favorite, the Directors Forum in January. Ah, uh, yes. Now that's a national type of uh, conference. And it happens in mid-January. It's the 15th, 16th, and 17th. We have truly world-class speakers and topics. Panelists are phenomenal. And many companies actually bring either their full board or a good portion of their board. It's a great mix of directors of public and private companies, as well as investors. And you mentioned um, activist investors a bit ago. So there's a good number of investors, activist investors, certainly, but also those big portfolio types of investment communities, the CalPERS, CalSTRS of the world, and um, and then the management team. So those three groups come together for, uh, it's a day and a half, which actually starts one evening um, in the middle of the week there uh, on the 15th. And then um, the keynote speakers that we have this year are also quite remarkable. In addition to Simon Sinek, who's, who's globally known and recognized, we have Diana Henriquez, who wrote the book about Bernie Madoff, The Wizard of Lies. Also, she she uh, was part of the movie, of the HBO movie with uh, Robert De Niro, and she's going to be talking about the trusted criminal. So I think that just it's intriguing. The topics are intriguing. The people are intriguing. Other speakers are uh, Robert Jackson, who's a commissioner with the SEC, and he's going to kick us off. Uh, David Greenberg and uh, Alice Fournier, they're, they're well-known speakers as well as Mark Thompson. But the whole day and a half is just rich in dialogue, in exchange of information, um, a true a true meeting of these three very critical components of corporate governance. And so it's phenomenal, shouldn't be missed. Neither one of those uh, events should actually be missed because you can get a lot out of them if you're there. Yeah, well, and my favorite experience of the Directors Forum is when I was sitting in the audience and on the panel was an activist investor. There was a big organization that he had gone into with his team and they had that company on stage with, you know, other people. But the bottom line was at the beginning, he, you know, the activist in the, 
investor talked about the research that, that they had done and why they picked this organization. And then the chairman of the board said, yeah, when we got the call from this activist, the first thing we did was call our lawyers and we're thankful we have <laughs> the right insurance. And then they went on to tell the story that it went from adversarial to actually this beautiful love story. The investors won, the <laughs> organization got better. These two gentlemen who were at odds, not necessarily at odds, but you know, one was felt threatened along with all the other board members on that for the organization, but it turned into this beautiful partnership that was a win for all. So, you know, activists coming in isn't always a terrible story, but what I can tell you is the director's forum is always an incredible event uh, as well as director of the year. So Chris, thank you for sharing your insights on how to make fast and quality progress on the diversity front. And thank you especially for doing that at CDF. Thank you, Kelly. I'm so glad you're part of the CDF community as well. So to learn more about Christina DeVaca, please visit www.directorsforum.com about us executive committee. To subscribe to more podcasts like this, please visit macaulayandco.com forward slash podcast. You can also check out our online blueprint for high-performing leaders self-study program. To learn about critical board member issues, challenges, and solutions like those brought up in today's podcast, or to attend our next CDF meeting, go to www.directorsforum.com. Until next time, we wish you the best on positively impacting the organizations you lead.